Hello and welcome to Weathering the Storm, a podcast where we strive to weather the storms of life by placing and sustaining an unwavering faith in God. I'm your host, Drew Suttles. I thank you for carving out some time today to spend with me as we walk through the life of the Apostle Peter. Uh, extremely grateful for this season and for all of you who have been listening, and I appreciate so much being on the Scattered Broad Network. Uh, I do this every episode, and I want to continue this out of appreciation for the network, but also in, in hopes of uh, in hopes of spreading the word about it. And I, I want to encourage you, if you are listening, to go and, and tell somebody else and to help spread and share this podcast with others that, that we can reach as many people as possible to the glory of God. The Scouter Broad Network is a network of podcasts where we are brothers in Christ, we are gospel preachers, and we are uh, recording episodes and uploading them, and, and there's content new every day of the week covering a variety of topics. Uh, this podca- podcast in particular, really about trying to help those who are battling uh, depression, anxiety, uh, just just bogged down by life. And we've kind of included that in under the umbrella of a storm. Whatever storm you may be facing, that this podcast will hopefully help you to get through those tough times. But again, other podcasts in the network deal with with all kinds of different ideas, like Asking God Why, uh, the Far Better podcast, the Transform, the Everyday Christian, the Diligent podcast. There, there are so many that are out there that can hopefully help you in, in every area of your spiritual life. So again, just very grateful to be on the network. You can find us on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube. You can find our website, thescatteredbroadnetwork.org. You can email us at thescatteredbroadnetwork at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And again, we're very, very grateful that you have tuned in and that you are listening here today. Today, we conclude our three-part series on the responsibility of a gospel preacher. We've been talking about Peter. This is post the resurrection. So everything prior to this, this series was when Jesus was on earth or when he had died. But now the Lord has resurrected. He's at the right hand of God. He's ascended back into heaven. And now we see Peter moving forward. And so we, we began this little mini-series there in Acts chapter 2, when he rose up to preach the gospel. In our last episode, episode 10, we discussed Peter there in Acts chapters 3 and 4, and how he preached with great boldness and was able to weather the storm. But today, is again, as we close out this small series, we're going to go to Acts chapters 10 and 11, as we think about the responsibility of a gospel preacher. And now Peter is privileged to take the gospel to the Gentiles. Remember, he opened the door to the Jews there in Acts chapter 2. Now he's opening up the door of faith to the Gentiles. And a wonderful, wonderful account, uh, one of my favorite chapters in the book of Acts. But certainly as we focus on Peter, we're going to talk about some storms that he faced and was able to weather with God's help. Just kind of some brief comments about Acts chapter 10. You may recall there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius. Cornelius was was a good man, based on what the Bible says. It says he was a devout man. He feared God with all his house. He gave alms generously to the people, and he prayed to God always. That's a pretty good, pretty good description of someone, isn't it? Somebody that you would want to be around, a good role model, a, a standout citizen. But here's the point. Even though he was a devout man, he was still in need of the gospel. He needed somebody to come and teach and somebody to come and preach to him so he could know the truth and obey the truth. And so who's going to be that preacher? 
Who's going to be that vessel that God is going to use? Well, of course, it's none other than Peter. When you come to verse 3 of Acts 10, it says, About the ninth hour of the day he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he observed him, he said, What is it, Lord? And he said, Your prayers and your alms have come up for memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa. Send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging with Simon a tanner, whose house is by the sea. He will tell you what you must do. You think about language. What must we do to be saved? Acts 16, Acts 2. Here we have this phrase, what you must do. So again, there was that implied that Cornelius had to do something. He's on the right track, but he's in need of the gospel. So when the angel who spoke to him departed, Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier from among those who waited on him continually. And when he had explained all these things, he sent them to Joppa. So here's the foundation of chapter 10. Cornelius is a good man. He's a Gentile. He needs to hear the gospel. And so God, of all the people he could have chosen, he chose Peter to go and to preach. But that leads us to the first storm that Peter is going to face, and that is the storm of prejudice. The storm of prejudice. Remember the word prejudice, you break it down, is to prejudge. It's to look at someone else, and it's to already make your mind up about the character of that person without giving them an opportunity to show you who they are. Unfortunately, that happens in our world today, and it happened in the first century. But this is a storm that Peter had to face, and he had to weather it. So let's think about how it unfolds. Again, this is Acts chapter 10. We're going to begin there in verse 9. The next day, as they went on their journey and drew near the city, Peter went up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. And he became very hungry and wanted to eat. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance, and he saw heaven open and an object like a great sheet bound at four corners, descending to him and let down to the earth. In it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of the air. And a voice came to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But I want you to notice what Peter said. Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. Here's, here's Peter in his boldness. He just told the Lord, no, not so, Lord. I will not rise up. I will not kill an I'm I've never done that. I'm not going to start now. I've never eaten anything common or unclean. So keep that language in mind. Verse 15, a voice spoke to him again the second time. What God has cleansed, you must not call common. Think about that language. That is so powerful. What God has cleansed, you must not call common. This was done three times, and the object was taken up into heaven again. Now notice how God is orchestrating all this. Verse 17, While Peter wondered within himself what this vision which he had seen meant, behold, the men who had been sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate. They called and asked whether Simon, whose surname was Peter, was lodging there. And while Peter thought about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, Three men are seeking you. Arise, therefore, go down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. So Peter went down to the men who had been sent to him from Cornelius and said, Yes, I am he whom you seek. For what reason have you come? They said, Cornelius, the centurion, a just man, one who fears God, has a good reputation among all the nation of the Jews, was divinely instructed by a holy angel to summon you to his house 
and to hear words from you. Then he invited them in and lodged them. On the next day, Peter went away with them, and some brethren from Joppa accompanied him. So the following day they entered Caesarea. Cornelius was waiting for them, and he called together his relatives and his close friends. And so this is a a very wonderful occasion. Cornelius, being this good man, being a man who who wanted to do what God wanted him to do, doesn't hesitate. He, He wants to get other people involved in this, and he is excited for this man of God to come and to talk to him about what he must do. But that brings us to the second storm that Peter's going to face, and that is the storm of prestige. The storm of prestige. Look at verses 24 through 26 with me. When he called together his relatives and his close friends, it says that Peter was coming in. Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter lifted him up, saying, Stand up. I myself am also just a man. You know, there are some who try to put Peter as the chief apostle. There are some who try to put Peter as the Pope of Rome, the very first Pope of Rome. There are those who say that Peter was, uh, you know, almost a borderline deity. But we learn a lot from this one passage. Only God is worthy of worship. Only God. Of course, when somebody fell down at the feet of Jesus to worship him, he accepted worship. Why? Because he's deity. He is God in the flesh. He had that ability for someone to worship him. He accepts worship because he's worthy of it. And the word worship really comes from this idea of worthship. You know, you're worthy of that. And the Greek word that is found more often than not in the New Testament is proskuneo, carries the idea of bowing down and kissing the hand toward deity. So here Cornelius falls down, comes down at the feet of Peter and worships him. Now, if Peter were the first pope, and if he were some kind of vicar or deity of Christ, he would have accepted worship, wouldn't he? But he didn't. He said, I'm just a man. But you know, human nature might have been very difficult for Peter at this time, coming in and thinking, do you know who I am? I'm the Apostle Peter. I'm the one who opened the door on the day of Pentecost. I'm the one who had responsible for 3,000 baptisms plus. I'm the one that went off and spoke with great boldness and everybody believed. But he didn't do any of that. He didn't do any of that. He weathered the storm of prestige. He didn't accept this because he knew he he couldn't accept it. Only God is worthy of that. And I find that extremely important here for Peter. He wasn't going to be idolized. He wasn't going to be worshipped. He wasn't going to allow that. He weathered the storm of prestige knowing, hey, I'm on a mission from my Lord, and I'm here to preach his word. This is not about me, and I want to make sure Cornelius understands I'm nobody special. I'm just a man, just like you are. And so I find that extremely powerful and important, showing the humility, showing the growth and the maturity of Peter. You know, Peter in his younger days, who knows what he would have done on this occasion. But here, Peter is showing great spiritual maturity and showing great humility to say, Cornelius, stand up. I myself also am a man. Verse 27 says, As he talked with him, he went in and found many who had come together. And he said to them, You know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company with or go to one of other nations. But God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. 
Therefore, I came without objection as soon as I was sent for. I asked then, for what reason have you sent for me? You know, that would solve a lot of our problems today in our world when it comes to prejudice, when it comes to racism. That would help a lot. I should not call any man common or unclean. I should not look down on somebody else because of the color of their skin. I should not look at somebody else because of their, you know, financial stability or lack thereof. We're all created equal and we're made in the image of God. And that's important for us to understand it as people, as human beings. You know, nobody's better than anybody else. We're all on level ground at the foot of the cross. And when we die, our bodies are going to return to the dust and our spirits are going to return to God who gave it, Ecclesiastes 12, 7. So we need to reflect the light and love of Jesus to the world because he died for the world. He tasted death for every man, Hebrews 2, 9. So we can learn a lot from Peter in the example that we have here. Cornelius answered Peter there in verse 30. He said, Four days ago I was fasting until this hour at the ninth hour. I prayed in my house, and behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing. He said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard. Your alms are remembered in the sight of God. Send therefore to Joppa. Call Simon here, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging in the house of Simon the tanner by the sea, and when he comes, he'll speak to you. So I sent to you immediately, and you have done well to come. Now, therefore, we are all present before God to hear all the things commanded you by God. What a great, great attitude that Cornelius had. And what a great opportunity that Peter now has. He has a captive audience. He has an audience of people who have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. What a privilege. What, what, a, what an opportunity. But again, going back to our title, what a responsibility for Peter to be able to preach what God would have him preach. And that brings us to the final point, the final storm that he faced here in this in this event, and that is how he weathered the storm of preaching under great pressure. When you think about him going to Cornelius' household, him being a Jew, going to a Gentile audience, this would have been frowned upon, which is exactly what we find in chapter 11. So again, you, you kind of walk through what happened with Cornelius in his household. He heard the gospel. He believed the gospel. Peter answered there in verse 47 of Acts 10, Can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord, and then he was able to stay for a few days. So here we find a very impressive response by Cornelius. Not only did he respond to the gospel, not only did he obey the gospel and, and, and have all of these individuals there with him, but now you read about them dwelling together. Why? Well, now they're Christians. <laughs> they're in fellowship with each other, and that's a beautiful thing. And that's what the gospel can do. Romans 1.16. It can break down walls. It can break down barriers. But I mentioned that Peter now weathers the storm of preaching under pressure. When you come to verse 11, or chapter 11, rather, it says, The apostles and brethren who were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. And when Peter got up to Jerusalem, those of the circumcision contended with him. There's some pressure. And they said, you went in to uncircumcised men and ate with them? Can you just see the look on their face? And can you hear the, the sharpness in their voice? Peter, how could you? You went and ate with them? You went and associated with, with them? 
the unclean, the, the outcast, the dogs. What a storm that Peter must have faced here and what pressure he must have felt. These are his own countrymen. Whatever he says next, he, he might be uh, thrown out. <laughs> he might be in a lot of, of, of problems here or have a lot of problems here, you know, if he talks about what took place. But he was able to weather the storm because he knew his responsibility of a, as a gospel preacher, his responsibility to go and do what God said to do. And it's exactly what he tells them took place. Beginning there in verse 4, it says, But Peter explained it to them in order from the beginning. He tells them that he was in the city of Joppa praying. He talks about the dream that he had, the object that he saw. He heard a voice, verse 7, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. And then he even tells them what he said. Not so, Lord. Nothing common or unclean has at any time entered my mouth. But the voice answered me again from heaven and said, What God has cleansed, you must not call common. Verse 14 is an important text as well. It said he went to the house of Cornelius and that Cornelius will be looking for Simon, whose surname is Peter, who will tell you words by which you and all your household will be saved. He said that he began to speak. The Holy Spirit fell upon them as upon us at the beginning. Then he remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John, indeed, baptized with water, but you should be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Here's the crux of the matter when you get to verse 17. Yes, he's under the pressure. Yes, the Jews are not understanding at this time how in the world Peter could have gone and done this. Verse 17, he says, If therefore God gave them the same gift as he gave us when we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could withstand God? That is a great question, isn't it? Who was I that I could withstand God? In other words, if I chose, well, I'm not going to them. I'm not going to do that. He would have been withstanding God. He would have been saying, God, I know you're sending me there, but but I don't want to go. Kind of like Jonah. But understanding his responsibility as a gospel preacher, Peter rose up to this occasion as well, just like he did in Acts chapter 2. He faced the crowd. He faced the pressure that others were, were pointing at him. And he preached the truth. There's certainly some application for gospel preachers today. You know, you preach what the Bible says, and sometimes you're going to have a lot of pressure from individuals who don't want to hear that. But that does not change the fact that you have to preach the truth. We have that obligation, that divine obligation and responsibility to speak where the Bible speaks and to be silent where the Bible is silent, to say what God would have us to say as He has clearly revealed it in His Word. So notice their response, verse 18, because Peter weathered the storm properly, because he did not cave under the pressure, verse 18, when they heard these things, they became silent. And they glorified God, saying, well, that means that God has granted the Gentiles repentance to life. You want to silence the pressure from the outside? You want to put to, to put a muzzle, if you will, on those who are critical? You just stick with the truth, and you stick with the Word of God. Because even if everybody turns their back on you, if you're doing the will of God, you're doing the right thing. Are there consequences from that? Or are there you know, some, some difficulties you have to face? Absolutely. And again, that's a storm. But Peter was able to meet the storm head on. And in this great section of the book of Acts, this great section in the life and in the preaching of Peter, 
we learn that he weathered the storm of prejudice, weathered the storm of prestige, and he weathered the storm of pressure by just sticking with the truth and doing what God wanted him to do. For all the gospel preachers listening to not only this episode, but this series, as we think about Peter as a gospel preacher, from Acts 2, Acts 3, Acts 4, Acts 10, and Acts 11, putting all this together, may we have the courage and may we be encouraged to continue to herald and hold up the truth of God, no matter what kind of storm it may bring. I want to thank you so much for listening, and I hope and pray that that you will continue to fight the good fight of faith and weather the storm to the glory of God. What's up, guys? It's Caleb and Michael over here from the Scattered Abroad Network, and we just wanted to say thanks so much for listening to this episode. Yeah, we're so thankful to the East Hill Church of Christ for overseeing this network, and we're grateful to God for this opportunity. And don't forget, you can check out our show notes below for all of our social media links, email address, website, and we have a monthly newsletter, so don't forget to sign up for that. Please remember to leave us a rating or a review on whatever platform it is that you use, and please continue to keep our network in your prayers. As always, thank you again so much for listening. Be ready tomorrow. We have brand new content coming out here on the SAN. Thanks so much, and God bless.